Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Oh, gentle breath in and release. That always feels so, so good. So, so good. So in today's episode, you are going to get to hear me interview a dear friend of mine. Her name is Marie Munoz, and she has her own healing practice. She has had an incredible life's journey, and this was a live session we did inside the Inner Light Circle community, which is my monthly community where you receive a group energy healing session as well as group sessions like this one where we talk about things like, in this case, it's mediumship. So today you're going to hear Maria explain to us the fact that there's different types of mediumship. And this was something I did not realize. I thought mediumship was what we saw on TV. (laughs) And it's funny because when we see mediums on TV, we're seeing them really as experts, but they've had an entire lifetime to develop their skill set, just like you are developing your skill set of your intuition or whatever your energy practices are going to be. And what I came to find in doing my own mediumship work, and then I also did a mediumship circle with Maria and some dear, dear people, friends of ours. And it was so incredible. It was so incredible because everyone's talent around mediumship, including yours, is a little bit unique. And everyone has the ability to communicate with loved ones who have crossed over. And one of the things that is, I think, going to be so imperative. (laughs) Why are the guides saying imperative? Oh my gosh. Hang on a second. Let me ground this message in. Okay. See, folks, I don't get like whiz-bang answers perfectly easily all the time either, (laughs) even though I do this all the time. Okay, so they're kind of like softening up the energies a bit and expanding it. Imperative isn't the word. It's going to be more excitement, more joy as we realize each of us, they're saying not even has the ability to communicate with loved ones who have crossed over. They say it is going to become, you know, they're saying all of us are actually doing it in our own way. Some of us just may not know it yet. And it can kind of feel like, okay, well, if I don't experience what I see from the medium on TV, then I'm not a medium. I've had that thought way back in the day. I was like, oh, well, I'm not a medium because I don't receive messages with the clarity that they do. And... For me personally, when I have energy sessions, I've actually practiced a couple of types of mediumship. I'm going to talk about this in this interview. And when I practice in sessions, source is supporting me. They're supporting the clients, the loved ones who have crossed over. It's about healing. Now, I think mediumship in general is about healing. And I think that's actually how most people approach it. Of course, you're always going to get the people that are treating it like a party trick. (laughs) That's just life, right? But truly, we're all meant to commune with loved ones who have crossed over in some way and, you know, develop it and realize that this can be, you know, oh gosh, this is really, really heavy 
not in a bad way, but they're saying we don't ever have to fully let them go. We are letting go of them in physical form. So then we transform. They're kind of making my energy a little bit, I don't know if like fragile is the word in this moment, but you know, death and grief and transformation kind of brings us to our knees. And when we have this opportunity to form this connection on the other side, they say it can give our heart and our soul a little bit of rest. And obviously this is varying based on the degree of your connection with someone and how they crossed over, of course. One thing I will mention is as I do do some form of mediumship in sessions, um, obviously you probably don't see anywhere that I do mediumship. There's a reason for that. But I will say that one thing I have seen time and time and time again, the guys have been wanting me to share this for about six months now. And I do feel a responsibility in sharing this the right way. That's, that's Emily. That's human Emily. <laughs> I will say that it doesn't actually matter as much how someone passes, like the, what caused them to cross over when they're on the other side that moment in time, gosh, it's like it, the guides are saying it's almost like it doesn't even matter. Their soul is so much more than that one singular experience. And their soul is so much greater and and the lessons that they've learned. I will say truly, truly, I have seen or I've heard stories about people who have crossed over in ways that will absolutely break your heart. And on the other side, they are absolutely flourishing, flourishing. So take that to mean what it does for you. We will get into this conversation with Maria. This is easily the longest podcast episode I'll ever have. <laughs> so we are not going to break it into two parts. I just wanted to keep the sequence going. Um, I did have my editor edit out people's names in the circle community who chose to share. And there were some really beautiful and vulnerable shares that were really, really helpful. Um, Maria even sits and does a reading. And yeah, I want to, you know, protect those that show up in that capacity, right? And one other thing to note is that the reason that people join the Inner Light Circle community is because they actually get to receive energy healing support. The guides are saying grounded energy healing support for their highest good throughout the month. So this is something as an energy practitioner, you guys know, I practice energy work every day, all day long, <laughs> no matter what situation I'm in. I'm going over to my friends tonight to watch the UFC fights and I will be, I, as I always do, I'll be running energy for myself throughout you know, the duration of time I'm there. Like we get to be human and energetic at the same time. It's not an all or nothing thing. In case anybody thought I was going to go sit on a pillow and meditate in silence for three hours tonight. No, I'm not. I'm going to a UFC fight and I'm probably going to have some Fritos <laughs> and then regret it afterwards. So yes, the other piece is when you join the inner light circle community, you do receive energy healing support. I, as my own practice, have others who support me. They have their own energetic practices. This is key. They have their own energetic practices and therefore they can hold space for me. This is the equivalent of when you go to a restaurant, you still choose what you order off of the menu 
you choose which restaurant you go to, you're empowered, right? You choose which energy practitioner. And that's such a broad stroke term that could be tarot, reiki, shamanism, whatever. You choose which practitioner, which restaurant you go to, and then you look at the menu. You're like, oh, this looks good. I'm going to have this. <laughs> same, same, right? You go to a practitioner and you're like, these are the things I'd like to work on today. Please hold space for me. I've found it to be far more powerful. The deeper the practitioner works on themselves and can hold space for themselves, the more they can do for others. And it really helps, right? It really helps for us to go to a restaurant sometimes and just kind of take a break and say, I don't want to cook tonight. I don't want to clean tonight. And I want, you know, someone to just serve me a prepared meal. (laughs) So same thing. Okay. Thank you all so much for being here today. And also thank you to everyone who's reached out and shared a bit of your story and a bit of your experience. I hope you know that all of those matter to me. Some of you have said, oh, this doesn't seem like a very big deal. It is a big deal. Our energy and our intuition is so nuanced and there's so much to learn and so much to explore. So if you're thinking it, I guarantee you, (laughs) the guides go, millions of other people are thinking it. So thank you all so much for being here today. And now we get into the interview with Maria of Light Owl Healing. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this space. This is the Inner Light Circle Communities group session. Oh gosh, it's such an honor to get to share this space with each and every one of you. Truly, it is such an honor because I know the inner work that you're doing and to share this space with you is just really special. So we may still have a few people join us if you are listening to this recording afterwards or on the podcast, or I am going to share this recording with Maria, if she shares it via her channels, welcome. It is such a pleasure to co-create with you in this space. So I am going to start by just for the next minute or two, welcome each of us into this space. And we are going to take a few breaths to allow ourselves to relax in this community in whichever way you're showing up today. What part of your body do you feel drawn to or are you feeling connected to right now? Leaning a bit further back into the heart space and just really feeling into the love and the appreciation for all of us showing up together today. Okay, so I am so excited to introduce my dear friend, 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 doesn't even begin to really do justice to the experiences we've had together, and I'm sure we'll continue to have together. I'm going to have Maria introduce herself, and today we are going to begin to discover, uncover the discussion of mediumship and what mediumship means, and I've learned so much through Maria, and I appreciate her approach to teaching, and I thought this would just be such a good opener to discuss this topic in the group. 
So I know some of you have posted questions in Slack, which is beautiful. I have my notes here and we're also going to go with the flow. So as we get going, if questions pop up, you can go off of mute. You can put them in the chat. And I'm sure after this, the guys just made the joke. They're like postmortem <laughs> after this conversation. There may be more questions and follow up and we'll figure out ways to process those. So welcome. Would you mind introducing yourself to the group? Sure. Uh, first of all, I love the energy here. I just, I really appreciate how everyone's showing up. So I want to say thank you for that. It makes it a lot easier. Every time I always get nervous and I think it's partly because I do a lot of prep work. I take it probably more steps further than I need to, <laughs> but I'm very respectful of anyone I connect with and that's why I do my part. So thank you for being so welcoming. My name is Maria Munoz. Yes, I'm an energy intuitive. I guess you could label part of what I do, psychic medium, space holder is probably the most sacred thing that I would consider I do with groups. And I also practice my own uh, lineage, ancestral medicine, really close to earth-based medicine for Mexica and Mayan lineages. I just want to share that's like the whole part of how I would describe the pockets of or aspects of what I do around energy healing work. Um, and at the same time, I think I know nothing because I feel like every time I have a new experience, I'm learning as if it was just day one. And then other days I feel really strong in my wisdom and I can hold space for others. Right. So I just want to say that because I think it's really important to remember that we're all the same. We're all mirrors. We're all on this journey. We're just different stages at, at any given moment. So yeah, yeah. felt called to say that. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. And it's funny because I find too, like there's some elements that take me so long to learn. And then there's some elements that just like pop in and it just feels like, oh, that's right. It's that discovery of like, I've done this before. I've known this before. I can do this right now. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I love it. That's the remembering. I always tell people that I accompany them as I remember or as they decide how deep they want to go. Right. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, yeah totally. So how did you first... Oh gosh, how do I frame this question? You know, it's such an evolution mediumship. So I guess what was sort of your discovery process of mediumship for you? <laughs> I don't know how to not be fully transparent and honest. So I would say that the remembering for me, because it really did feel like a door was there always and I just opened it again, um, was probably in my early thirties, although I'd been doing the work since age five, but like a lot of people that may consider themselves mediums or label themselves as mediums. Um, I think we're all born with these abilities, right? Um, some days I call them gifts and they feel like gifts. Other days they used to feel like a burden or scary. <laughs> so, um, I didn't officially call or label myself a medium until my thirties, even though since about age five, I can say that like so many children, you could see, had access, no, no barriers or filters, um, for better or worse. And I had wonderful friends, spirit friends at the time. And I still honestly remember them fondly. 
one in particular that I reconnected with not that long ago. And then, you know, I had family members in spirit that used to come visit. So I think for me, that early age story that we hear so often with mediums, they don't really tell you the in-between part. They say, oh, since I was a kid, I had, well, yes, of course. Um, I disconnected around teenage years when all of a sudden I discovered people playing with Ouija boards and having all these scary movies that I was exposed to and seeing what was of light and what wasn't. And everything got really messy because I was like, whoa, when I connect with spirit, it feels really good. These other things, ghosts and all this other stuff does not feel good. <laughs> so I kind of ran away from it for a bit. And so that happens in paths, right? That for me, that was the approach. I was living life, raising children, doing a lot of that, busy, 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 really wasn't focused on, on this, maybe other inner work, other spiritual development, but not mediumship. And then in my 30s, um, there was a an opportunity, I think, that happened that um, there was a reconnection with part of myself that had kind of shut all that down. And this time I learned that mediumship and psychic abilities, they really are fully embodied through our intentions and how we arrive and how we choose to work with them. And so I found that there were mediums out there that truly were working in a way that brought healing. It wasn't just to relay a message or just to put on a show or whatever it was. I found that I was very fortunate to call into my life and, and experience with other mediums, this ability that was just so beautiful to help someone heal by reconnecting them within themselves, by reconnecting them with their loved ones in spirit by reconnecting them with their um, spiritual connection. So different elements of mediumship that come in, it's not just talking to your loved ones and spirit, it's also expanding your energy and really learning how to connect in a way that feels really complete and whole and beautiful. So I, I, I feel it's being guided too, so I may be going off on a bit of a tangent, but that's kind of how I really, I guess, I don't like using the word discovered, but I remembered what was accessible to me. And then, you know, after shortly after that, all through my 30s, and then now I'm very much into my 40s, I realized that this was part of all my lineage as well. So I found out through happenstance that my grandfather, um, maternal grandfather, was also a psychic medium and did this work. But he did it in a time where he couldn't express himself fully and be accepted. So a lot of things to heal there. So, um, but that was really an interesting facet for me that I didn't know about. <laughs> and it explained a lot. <laughs> so then I was able to dive even deeper and do ancestral healing to reconnect fully with myself and not be afraid of being a medium. Because for a long time, I didn't call myself a medium. I called myself an intuitive worker, an energy worker. But by the way, if you were working with me, most likely I was helping you connect with spirit, <laughs> loved ones in spirit. So yeah, that was a really long answer to how I came upon uh, my mediumship work. And since then, I've had a really beautiful journey that's taken me to other places with other teachers um, and students that also become teachers. And I've been very, very privileged to sit with mediums that have been doing it, you know, 40 plus years 
and they each do it differently. And they taught me a really big lesson that I don't have to look like them or do it like them. I have to trust how my medicine arrives and how I'm going to be the channel for the messages that arrive. And so here I am. And some days I do mediumship work and other days it's pure energy healing work, but I think all of it is, is uh, woven together, really connected. Thanks for that beautiful share. And you pretty much just touched on everything we we're going to touch. So that about sums it up. See everybody. <laughs> but I love this because it just goes to show, I think sometimes there's this impression in mainstream spirituality that there's this on off switch with our energy, with intuition, with mediumship. It's like, oh, show me the steps, show me the steps. And you and I both know everyone's energy is so unique. It's like you can give people a really, really simple framework. But then what happens is it's like as an individual, you have have the joy <laughs> of extracting your own cosmic story from it all, I guess. So and this group is used to tangents with me, so don't ever apologize for that. <laughs> That's what, that's what happens when you set the intention to be guided and support the souls in the space. <laughs> it is so true. A spirit's like, oh, finally, you're giving us space to listen. We got a few things to share. <laughs> well, we've got your ear. <laughs> okay, so, so many good tidbits to extract from that. To start, I'm going to kind of have us take a little bit of a step back. And in a sense, how would you describe what mediumship is. I don't even know how you would describe this because I think a lot of us too, you know, you were the one who showed me that I have my own version of mediumship. And I remember putting two and two together with you and then watching these shows. And I was like, oh, it's a healing mechanism because we see these shows and you know we understand how tv and television works they're there to entertain us so we just see these like quick hits you know oh it's your cousin bob he's wearing this he's talking about that and then of course if any of one of us wants to maybe get into mediumship we think oh shoot well i don't see cousin bob with a clear message wearing that so clearly i'm not a medium that's kind of like the comparison and of course that couldn't be further from the two as you said, everybody has mediumship abilities. So how would you describe mediumship? In the simplest form, I would say I'm a bridge, right? So I'm that bridge, that connection between two people. If you were really just simplifying it, right? Simplest terms, I'm a bridge, making that connection. Through intentions, I think that's where mediumship can be healing. And that's the difference. So you can be a bridge and purely deliver a message. You can be a bridge with maybe a little bit of a backwards thinking, in my opinion, and put on a show, but maybe that's what you're trying to do. And you can be a bridge that has a specific purpose in someone's life. And you come in in that moment to help them in some way. So I think that bridge work is really where I consider myself a medium and it goes back to the intentions. Why am I doing this? Why am I showing up? Why is this individual here with me today? Why is it that they're wanting to connect? And I think when I say the why, 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 of course, I'm not with my mind trying to figure out the answers. I'm connecting purely with my heart and embodying 
uh, that spiritual connection. And then that's when the messages arrive, right? To answer and to help us along. But that's what I would say if I was really going to keep it simple. But when you touched on the being a bridge with the purpose of healing, the biggest thing that I always teach and I say that I've learned and once I learned it, it made me better and to be able to serve better uh, to others is to get out of my own way. Um, when you're a medium, it's so critical to not interpret or not bring in your personality or your own opinions because to be a really clear bridge or channel or so many terms, uh, messenger, conduit, connection, it really does require a, a pure heart, a really good centered, grounded body with a good heart in the right place. And that's what I aspire all the time before a client session, before any work is don't let me get in the way. Let me be the medium. That's it. And hopefully that's how I think mediumship is starting to evolve more and more as I work with others. I have the privilege again of holding space in mediumship development circles. And most of who come to those groups have been practicing mediums, which I was a bit surprised. <laughs> So why are they coming? Who am I to work with all of you, yourself included, Emily? But um, but I realize it's because I'm part probably of many in a way that's saying, you know what? Mediumship doesn't have to be something that feels untouchable or only belonging to a set few. And it also doesn't have to be scary because I know with all of us come from different backgrounds, we've had different experiences all kinds of, you know, belief systems. So I think mediumship has been put into a lot of the occult areas and I want it to be over here with the healing. <laughs> so again, long answer. I think we're just, I should just not apologize. All of my answers are going to be long. You should at this point. Um, it's funny how you talk about, like you say, you know, you said the why, you know, so say you're holding space for a medium session. I don't know what you would call it exactly, but, and it's kind of like with anything energy, when we hold our container and stay true in our light and our heart, whatever it might be for you and just, and then the trusting what comes it's, you know, for me, my equivalent to what you're sharing is I'm just like, okay, what do I need to know for the highest good? And that trust, it's like, if I could tell anyone, I'm like, the, you know, the keys to the castle, it's like your intention and then just radically trust yourself. And of course, as humans, we've been taught, oh, school tests or check-ins with my boss. Am I doing these things right? Whereas with energy work, it's like, poof, you can do it right from day one when your intention is true. And trusting what comes took me a long time. Um, it's also interesting when it's not a session for you, but a session for someone else, because sometimes the information that comes through either doesn't make sense for you, or it seemed like for me, oftentimes it would seem too obvious. I'm like, well, it can't be this easy. Okay. And so sometimes to my own detriment, I wouldn't share a message. And then later the client would ask a question and the person on the other side had already given the answer ahead of time. So those were some big, big lessons for me. It was like, oh my gosh. So it's like, I don't want to ever do someone a disservice. Obviously that soul showed up to be a part of my growth and my 
learning process. And I'm very appreciative of that, that one, just that one time. It just took me that one time to learn. <laughs> All of the people who have shown up <laughs> on the journey. But if I could say that would be the one thing, it's like when you lean back into your heart and when you're in your light, when your intention is true, you just got to trust what comes. You got to trust what comes. And I do believe that's when your own unique medicine gets to come through too, which is really special versus like, you know, oh, so-and-so taught me this way, but it's like, it, then your energy gets to like coach you and teach. I say your energy, it has to include all those things, get to show you and teach you all those things. I'll add one thing, especially because that's something big that I do focus on in holding space, teaching, you know, people who are interested in developing their mediumistic abilities. And one of the things I, I kind of, you practice, right? And that's part of the work is you have to practice a lot um, in order to get build that muscle so that you can trust yourself and you get anxious before something is going to be delivered and all of that. But I always remind them, you know, when you were washing the dishes and all of a sudden you smelled perfume and you said, God, that smelled just like my grandmother's perfume and you felt them present and you knew it, you knew it inside, you knew it to your core and you brushed it away because for some reason you needed validation. So then you go to a medium and the medium says, for some reason, I keep getting you washing the dishes and you smell roses or a fragrance, right? And then all of a sudden you trust yourself because someone else is validating what you already know to be true. So I believe a lot of times as mediums, that's what we're doing. We're helping people to validate. So then when hopefully we're doing a good job and holding that space, when they leave that session, they're even more connected because they start trusting that part of themselves. So I love that you shared that because working with people who are developing mediumship, that's what I say is don't block any message. Mm -hmm. Of course, again, your intentions have to be really good and strong because that helps with the boundaries. But the flip side of that is when you're working with a client and you're they're receiving that support from you, that's the healing. Yes, that connection, that message, but then you help to validate for them that they are already connected. They're already maybe subconsciously, they're not trusting it, but at some level it's already there. So yeah, yeah. I just felt like I needed to share that. Yeah, no, it's true. It's that's part of my intention for the inner light circle community is the people have a place to share something, anything, could be anything, and just receive that validation from other people who are on this journey, who feel intuitive and empathic as part of their wisdom. And because we need that validation. I mean, you have been one of those validators for me throughout this journey. Um, <laughs> yeah, it just really helps build that muscle a, a lot. And then also, you know, learn from my mistakes, everyone. <laughs> So, um, okay, getting into a little bit more of the brass tacks, one of the things that you taught me is that there's different types of mediumship. I had no idea. I thought it was just one. Hello, people who have crossed over. I used to think, oh, this was only for a select few. Little did I know every single one of us has this ability. And then to my sheer surprise and delight, there's different types of mediumship. Yeah. What the heck? <laughs> Do you mind touching on, I don't know if you could touch on all of them, but however many come to you? Yeah, I'll touch on maybe the main ones that people might be more familiar with. Evidential mediumship is probably the tried and true one. That's when um, some of the examples you gave earlier where someone's like, 
I'm seeing this and they're wearing, they're very specific about the physical um, aspects of spirit coming through. So I see what they're wearing. Yeah, that evidence, right? That's when spirit comes in because they want to validate that to you. They want you to feel comfortable that only you can attest that those facts are true. So a medium's job is to kind of prove it, right? Because we have a healthy skepticism. And so hopefully <laughs> when we're working with people, we have a healthy skepticism, but that evidential, that evidence that comes in a lot of times is very physical manifestation of how that medium is connecting. That one again goes really far because that's when people as a human, you know, we're used to seeing the physical. So it makes sense. Oh, yep. He loved wearing that shirt or so-and-so. The evidential medium has a lot of work to do because not only do they have to prove it and they physically, you know, describe what they're seeing, but then as the reading goes, most likely they're going to have to keep pulling that in so that the person sitting in front of them can continue to, you know, build on that to understand what messages are arriving. The other ways that I would say one that is maybe not as popular, but I actually think it's happening a lot and people don't have a label for it, or at least I didn't for a long time. And that's more of a trance. So in a trance state or altered state, there is mediumship that does happen. So for example, for me, I can connect with spirit and decide if I have healthy boundaries that I'm comfortable allowing that spirit to get so close to my energy that they're, they're co-creating with me very, very closely. And therefore, I might take on their personality. I might be able to speak. Sometimes it happens in an interesting form that I normally wouldn't speak. It doesn't really feel like my own. I've been able to write messages directly, allowing them to use my physical form, not taking over my body, but co-creating with me. That's really important. I just want to call that out. Um, so that they can just be fully present. So I'm not providing evidence. I am spirit at that moment that's coming through that loved one. I think that one's going to get more and more popular because we keep evolving as a consciousness, right? And so I think that one, that's, I tend to get heads up on trends and I have a feeling that one's going to be a bit of a trend coming up in the next couple of years. And then there's everything in between. So a lot of people just like with psychic abilities. So there's, I tell people all the time, you can have psychics that are psychic mediums and you could have mediums that don't really lean into the psychic. It just depends, but your abilities, abilities, perception. So how do I perceive? Do I just know it? Do I just know the information? I feel it in my body. In mediumship, you can use it the same way where you maybe don't have direct evidence but you just know, you know, spirit has arrived. You feel the shift in the energy. You know, a message. I don't know why, but I need to tell you this, right? So the knowing that one's a tricky one, but that is definitely a way that some people think they're not mediums because they can't provide evidence. They can't, but the knowing you just know, and here you are. Right. And, um, the same thing, I would say that those three different ways of working, I would say are the most universal that I've seen. And, you know, I keep learning about, and then I would say there's a lot of interesting other things that have evolved over time. Some things you probably heard of way back when, when people were just being spiritualist and there was a start of like what mediumship would look like today. 
and they would do seances and they would um, try to get physical items to move, have this loved ones and spirit come through and move physical items. A lot of that has really shifted out the practice for, for many mediums. And you can imagine why. It takes a lot of energy, huge amount of energy. And what's your intention? What's the purpose? Why do you need that, right? So um, I think that's kind of why it happened. But who knows? Maybe 20 years from now, we've evolved to the point where we're just kind of doing that on a regular <laughs> but i know that um it takes a lot of energy as it is to do this work and when you're in it so i believe that's kind of why we don't do it as often as a collective but yeah those are the three main areas i would say i'm not really getting into labels around the mediumship just because i think it steers us away from actually being interested or wanting to evolve our mediumistic abilities but I would say they kind of mirror all the psychic abilities if you want to put them in categories. Totally. I could see that, especially the knowing, you know, that's the biggest, that's the biggest intuitive skill. Absolutely. And there are a lot of things that I'll just like kind of let go and oh, okay, well, I am adamant about the fact that if we're lucky enough to have all our senses, it applies the same way for psychic work, mediumship work that we're lucky enough to have all those senses alive and activated. That means that we can access them for this work. So there isn't, we just have a go-to natural, right? You might naturally be inclined to knowing, right? That cognizance, but that doesn't mean one day you're not going to wake up and go, oh, I can smell things <laughs> that I didn't smell before when I'm doing this work, or I can hear, or I can see, or maybe only one time you saw an image and never again. That doesn't mean it's turned off. That doesn't mean, it just means that's what you needed at that time. And then later on, others might develop. So I'm a huge, huge advocate for people just knowing that I have access, but it doesn't mean they all have to be turned on at the same time, or it's like a level of, oh, knowing is down here and seeing is up here. And you know, it's like, no, they're all equal, just like energy. It's neutral and we activate it or it's activated for us, I should say, when we need it. Anyway, I'm really passionate about that topic, <laughs> as you can tell. Yeah, I agree with you. It's a skill set. How to what degree do you want to develop it? I was on a meditative walk the other day and something popped in for me about smell. And I was like, I, I'm not in a phase right now where I want to develop my skill. It gets interesting when you start smelling stuff or tasting stuff. Gosh, I've been with Maria when I've tasted stuff and I'm like, no, thank you. <laughs> it's all good. It's all ebb and flow. But yes, I personally believe even though there's one of the things spirits teaching me and um, this community is teaching me the TikTok, the social media community is teaching me is the individuals who have aphantasia or the ability who are challenged or the it's challenging for them to see imagery. It's really teaching me a lot. And the other thing spirits teaching me is they're like, they actually do, they just see it in a different way. So it's, we kind of tend to glorify certain aspects of energy. I'm going to call it energy skill set. Same with mediumship, same with intuition. And I even catch myself doing it all the time when I'm like the guide said, and I'm like, you know what? Audible is actually more of a knowing than I think it is anything else. Anyway, I digress. So 
but I wrote that down. You said the knowing, and it just reminded me of the intuition. It's that part that it's like a life's journey to continue to be curious and develop it and trust it and see what else it has to offer. Um, the other thing you mentioned was energetic trends. And again, this is a little bit of a tangent, but that's okay. We're here for all the good stuff today. Um, I was thinking I will share, I experience energetic trends as well, but I'm like, you know, this much on an entirely global scale, let alone a universal scale. And I think about, you know, think about each of you is an expert in something, right? Where each of you works somewhere or is a mom, like everyone sees trends. So whenever I'm like, and I know you feel this way too, Maria, but I'm like, yeah, of course I see energetic trends because this is the field I'm in. So I never want anyone to feel like, oh, Emily sees energetic trends. Maria sees energetic trends. You see trends I don't see because I don't do all the things you do, (laughs) vice versa. And the more you get into this type of work for yourself or via your own avenues and supporting others, I just found out today there's an esthetician in Arizona and this individual incorporates meditation and healing into her skincare work. And I was just like, oh, this is my, this is like my dream, you know, is that no matter what you do and what capacity or form you get to bring your own specialness to it. So question. Can I say something about that energetic trend thing? Yeah, please. So only because, you know, yeah, social media, right? I follow different astrologers for a long time. I thought I was going to work astrology. I really did because mm-hmm. I could connect with cosmos, get a lot of information, see things kind of, I call it, we're seeing trends, but I would call them visions of five years, two years, whatever. And so I was like, Oh, okay. I'm going to be an astrologer. That, that must be it. Right. And I was taking all the classes. I've taken so many classes. Think I thought, cause again, in mind, I wasn't trusting what I was actually receiving. And I, after so many different styles, I put a chart in front of me. Intuitively, I can read it, but you asked me exactly where that placement. And I'm like, oh, wait, sorry. I failed all those classes because it wasn't for me. And um, what I realized that my lesson was I needed to trust that my gift, right? My ability was that I just trusted what was arriving and I should just write that down and know that that was the medicine that I could offer. And when we're talking about I think there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's it's a good thing. I don't want to accumulate all these skills and all this. Why? When my sister or brother over there, that's their job and that, you know, they're going to do that and that's their focus and natural inclination. Awesome. And I'll, you know, reshare that when it resonates for me. But that doesn't mean I have to be an expert in all these things. And even if I can access and I can develop all of my abilities, do I want to? Do I choose to? Do I have the time to? So I just have to say that because that's something that it definitely goes back to just like respecting each other and really uplifting each other. And I think that's the part that I've definitely struggled with in community with folks is that it's like a hierarchy in spirituality of who can access something more me if I say I can see into the future right that's how someone would say it it's like I don't control any of that it's just all of a sudden someone says yep you need to know this for some reason and sure enough it'll come up in conversations or I'm supposed to share it with a certain group so I'm basically just a vessel to bring that forward but not because I'm like, oh my gosh, I am special because I can see. It's like, no, actually it's, it makes, yes, it makes me special, but 
there are other things that actually make me special, right? And so I think that's something that um, is really great. It's this really interesting nuance. It's like individuality, individualism can be toxic and so can, you know, other things. So it's like, I try to be careful. It's like, yes, you can all access, we can all access and do all this, but what are we choosing? Like, what do we want to? Because it can be really a lot of work and overwhelming if all of a sudden I was like, I'm going to develop all of it. And I always, I agree with you. I, you know, it's always 2020. And so when I look at my journey, like, what do I tell people now? Follow your curiosities. You know, like for you, you shared the example of you took some astrology classes and that brought up, that showed you reflected back to you some of your own personal skill set around astrology. Oh, I can look at a chart and understand it. Um, But of course, planet placement. I, I barely could say the word planet. I'm the same as you. I'm like, would you word? These things are so complicated, but I love it so much. You know, that's the other thing. People ask me so many questions and I'm like, oh my gosh, I do not know. <laughs> I do not do that type of medicine work, <laughs> but it is fun. I mean, I do think it's part of how we learn our own personal you know, everything is a tool. Reiki is a tool. A pendulum is a tool. I know you know this, you know, tarot cards are a tool. Everything's a tool and it's, you are the activator, you know, you aligned with source. And then of course we've got our guides and our spirit team and everybody in our spirit team here to help us delineate the specific energies into like what makes it yours. And then you have your entire life's journey to discover that. And it's unending, it's unending. So, yeah, but I always tell people, follow your curiosities and maybe you go down the path and you're like, oh, like Maria, astrology. And then it's like, nope, (laughs) you know, so it's it's cool. Does anyone want to ask any questions about anything we've covered so far or about mediumship as Maria shared it at this point? I have so many questions. (laughs) Go for it. You talked about culture, your, your cultural medicine and how you connect with that. I'm in Canada. I'm really mindful of things, cultural things, because we're a really multicultural country. I mean, the States is too, obviously, but I really worry about taking someone's culture, like for example, cleansing my space with sage. To me, it's smudging, which is um, indigenous groups here in Canada. That's what they do to cleanse their, you know, that's a cultural thing for them. So I was really nervous buying like sage from like Amazon or something. I did not want to do that. So I contacted an indigenous friend and I was like, I'm sorry to do this to you, not to put this on you, but how would I get some sage in a way that's respectful to the indigenous community so that I'm not like taking that and making it, you know what I mean? So I guess I'm just wondering, how do I, how do I be respectful when I'm doing these things that are more connected to other cultures? And should I be trying to focus on my own ancestry, which I don't really have a connection to at this point, but I guess I could. Yeah, I think your question, thank you for asking that question, because it's a tough one to ask, I mean, in a group setting and, you know, but I think you sort of started answering your own question at the end because I do always lead back. People lead need to be led back to their own roots, right? And so I've had this conversation over and over for quite some time. And it used to be way more volatile 
now it's more gentle, right? The medicine's much more gentle. We have more awareness. We have a lot of information out there. I always say that, you know, at some points in my life, I was in more of an activist and I would get really, you know, that sacred rage and I would be very protective and um, try to help kind of move that message forward. And then I learned that my medicine works a bit differently. And so now what I do is I work with people that maybe don't have indigenous connections to this land that they're on, wherever they may be. Their indigenous connections are to another place where their body physically isn't right now. And in your case, it sounds like that's what's happening. So I always encourage you um, when you said you're disconnected, but maybe you should, we all do work. Even if we're on the land that we maybe, you know, our lineage is from, I do work all the time to make sure that I'm respectful of my own lineage, that I'm respectful of other ancestral practices around me, that I'm not extracting or taking without an invitation. That's a big thing for Native people, for America, so I'll speak to, but I find it to be true for other parts when I'm in, you know, circle or ceremonies with other people of other nations as a group there's a lot that has shifted and that's what's a bit confusing, right? You have some native folks that are saying, sure, it's not a problem. It's medicine for all because we're all one. And then you hear the complete opposite from someone else that's native that will say that's extraction and appropriation and you shouldn't be doing that. And so then I I have compassion for all of us to sit in the middle and go, what do I do? Right? Over here, they're saying it's okay. Over there, they're saying it's not okay. I always think intentions. Right. So you're you felt you feel the energy when you're doing something that might not be right for you or right for the you know specific situation. So I think that's really important. I think connecting, even if you're disconnected, connecting back, we all go back, back, back. You know, eventually you'll find earth-based medicine for every lineage. And every lineage has its own practice for clearing with smoke or with plants. And how beautiful it is to reconnect with your own ways, right? I think that's something that I've witnessed and watched the power, the energetic empowerment that happens when someone returns to, oh, in my lineage, I found out that this is how we would clear. And I haven't found a single lineage, by the way, that doesn't all go back to have some form or way. So it is work, but it's sacred work that allows you to have a bit more you know, empowerment um, and also be respectful of those around you. The other, the flip side of that though, is that we are where we live and what's accessible. So I was just over the weekend in ceremony and we went around collecting medicinal plants in the neighborhood. Well, obviously I'm not going to find plants from, you know, Oaxaca, Mexico, or, you know, Central Valley of Mexico where I'm from. So I ask permission from the land, permission from the spirit of the plants that we were working with, because I live here. And so if I'm caring for these plants, I'm nurturing them, I'm in relationship with them, I got permission that it was okay to work with them. So again, it goes back. And what am I doing with that work? I'm doing healing. So hopefully that's okay for the, <laughs> the plants that are here, right? Because I'm doing healing. That's the purpose. And that's where I would say, check in with yourself, always be respectful. Um, like you said, instead of buying from Amazon, connect with the local apothecary and you know, find out who owns that apothecary, who who ultimately is selling that, who's you know, harvesting that medicine. All of that's important. And 
if someone's at a farmer's market and they're indigenous folks and they're selling it, then you're okay to buy it. Right. That's, that's permission enough. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And I, I know it's such a heavy topic for, you know, everywhere really, especially in North America. So I appreciate you helping me with that. Cause I do feel like I do know the answer now that you said that I think I do. I just, again, going back to trusting yourself and being like, you know, and knowing that I am, my intention is to be respectful and, and a pure heart. And I don't want to ever take anything from anyone, especially when my ancestors have taken so much. So, you know, so thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. And that could be its own an hour and a half. Just oh so my you know. gosh. <laughs> I know. I was thinking as I asked, I was like, this is such a huge question. <laughs> it's, it's, I so appreciate you answering the question, Maria, you taking the time to answer this question too. It's, you know, everybody I know wants to, everyone wants to do the right thing. I think that's the important part at the end of the day. Um, I can share on my own journey when I didn't know better, I grabbed Sage and I was doing a house clearing for someone and I saw an entity that was not of the light. And I'm like swishing this little Sage around and I was like, well, this isn't doing anything. And now that I know better, and of course, all earth medicine is energy, but it wants to co-create with you, but it needs to be appreciated first. And even though the earth is here for all of us, the beautiful ceremonies and their traditions are not in everyone's lineage. And what I found is that in other cultures and other traditions, how beautiful, you know, it's like the traditions and the practices they amass together. So for me, if I were to have gone back to that space and time where I was doing that house clearing and say someone was with me who knew how to properly commune with Sage and work with Sage, to me, they would have been able to clear with the exact same piece of Sage <laughs> because they would have been communing with the Sage in the proper way that they were taught. So it's, it's a really interesting thing. And, you know, earth medicine is so, so beautiful and incredible. And then at the same time, we want to remember it's there to support us, that you have the power, that you're the powerful one. So appreciation is highly underrated. <laughs> so does anyone else want, have anything that they wanted to add or share before we move forward with the next question? And thanks for helping us go on a tangent. There are different aspects to mediumship. This is a two-parter. Let's start with how does it affect your body? I consider mediumship to be like you mentioned earlier, it's activating our energy. You're just using it in a certain way, right? There are a couple of things that seem to be really apparent to most mediums, which has really been shocking to me because I'll be in circles around the globe, right? We're sitting all over the world. And the body requires a lot more rest and a lot more water. <laughs> Get really thirsty. In order to be in a place where you're doing the, the medium work, typically it requires you to expand your energy and get to a certain space where the frequency gets higher and higher. So if you think of connection with spirit, just on a daily basis, you're going on a walk and you're connecting with spirit and you're receiving information, you're still able to walk because you're just kind of doing your thing. 
consider that just different aspects of that expansion. And so when you're doing a session as a medium, you want to get to a place where your vibration is able to meet spirit as close as possible. And so in order to make the, the communication or that connection more solid, right, really strong, and you have to hold your energy for, I don't know, 30 minutes, 45 minutes sometimes, that's a long time to be in this high, high vibration. So when you close out a session, a lot of times your body feels really good when you're in it, but when you're done, you have to recalibrate and kind of reset, you know, your energy because at the end of the day, we're choosing to be humans right now and be in this body. So it does require that kind of recalibration or integration to make sure, okay, check yourself. It's all me again. I'm, I'm here fully. I'm back. And so part of that does make, make the body feel like it needs a little bit of rest and rest doesn't mean oh, you shouldn't feel drained doing just like any energy work. You shouldn't feel drained. You shouldn't feel that you gave of yourself. Right. But That's a huge misconception. People yeah. ask me all the time, like, do you feel drained? I'm like, absolutely not. Correct. If anything, you usually feel like a high energy, you know, like a high energy high, I call it sometimes. Actually, I do have a question. Yeah. So one of the first times I learned mediumship, I learned, and I don't know what it's called, but I learned the type of mediumship where you literally create a container, a non what I would call healing container to bring this soul in. Now, what I didn't know at the time, and this makes me barf a little bit, is I was like, cool. So we sit there and it's like, who do you want to bring in? And this person goes, I want to bring in so-and-so. And And I'm like, okay, because I didn't know any better. Exactly. So I'm bringing in, I'm like, okay, so I'm holding space for the soul. I'm like, what would you like to know? And afterwards, my energy and during my energy did feel drained because, and of course that's not, you know, my guides showed me a way. And then of course you started coaching. And so I learned that way too. But I rem- I know that there is a way you can hold energetic space where you're pulling in for a container and that does drain energy, in my opinion. What is that? Correct. Um, that goes back to what I was mentioning earlier about we're just working differently. Um, okay. When you think of like the seance, that's what they were doing, right? So they were without permission. They were literally, it's almost demanding or directing spirit, Yeah, yeah. Um, which is very different it brings up a really good point. If someone comes to me and they want to connect with their father who crossed over, I will do my best to hold space. I can never promise. And I say that to my clients, I will lovingly open the door, the connection. I will invite them um, because this person is here. But what if that father isn't wanting to connect or isn't ready for whatever reason? Because again, there's unresolved issues. Sometimes Um, other times, maybe they are not needing that maybe the human here needs to do a lot of work and that loved one that crossed over they're complete and they don't really feel that need so that that's a really good point you're making so i believe that it is similar to the seances and it's it goes back to the why (laughs) why it's ego work i mean then you have to let go of the ego and say you know regardless of want for me this is what i have to honor that's right I had an energy session with a client, and this is something to bring up too, if any of you get into this practice of any kind, 
But when you're holding space for someone, which all of this is just is holding space via intention, and Maria mentioned like caring for your physical body will elevate your natural abilities, your natural skill sets for any type of energy work. And normally, if someone who has crossed over is to come forward in someone's session, it feels gentle and timely in the session. Now, I'm not talking about a specific medium session. I'm talking about an individual energy client session. And halfway through the session, her guides and spirit team wanted her to go through this energetic practice. And as we get started, all of a sudden, it was like from the side, this energy that was on the other side starts to like literally poke through. And I I paused as a practitioner and I was very transparent about what was going on. But that when something is of the light crossed over in the light, it does not intrude on you. It does not feel, and this thing presented itself as the light. And so I asked the client, I was, I just was very transparent with them. I said, this is what's going on. I said, I just want to make sure X, Y, Z. They said, nope. And I said, okay. And then uh, what it ended up being is something that needed to be cleared out of their energy field, which happens a lot. That's happened to me individually before. I see it often. We don't ever want to panic when we see things energetically because <laughs> there's billions of people on this planet. It's happening to a lot of us. <laughs> We're not, you know, nothing's wrong with you. But just remember, as you're holding space, you get to, you get, to, I hate to say be in charge or make the rules, but you get to decide if something doesn't feel quite right, just say no just say no, you don't have to have an answer, but just say no, you don't, you're not at the mercy of spirit. It's not like, oh, finally, I'm connecting, I'm getting information. Let me, you know, thank you. Like, let me share this, just nope. Like, you know, realign, realign, realign. That's what it made me think of a lot of people that um, come to development groups, right? They're, they're coming with their own lived experiences. And I do hear that a lot where people come because they're trying to learn how to protect themselves because, they are seeing too much or they are getting bugged, you know, and they, they tell me, how do you turn it off? Or how do you control this? Right. And I always tell them it's similar to, you know, having healthy boundaries here in physical form with other people. You're not just a free for all, hopefully (laughs) just completely open with your boundaries. You're trying to establish healthy relationships. You have healthy boundaries, right. That are, they're good for you. Good for others very same thing with mediumship, but what you're describing, it's really interesting. It's very typical. If someone is um, maybe working on that aspect of themselves, or maybe it's part of their lessons in life that they're chosen, <laughs> you know, same. I will raise my hand on that one where, oh, I turned this thing on and now I can't turn it off. My partner in life, you know, we have very different ways we came to mediumship. His was literally like turning on the light, literally. Mm-hmm like, boom, oh, it's on. And now it's on all the time. And so, and I've asked him permission, by the way, when I'm in these groups to share about his story, but he had to learn, oh, it was there to get his attention. It was there to remind him of his ability of his gift. I call it a gift because gift gets a bad rap a lot of times, but I think that we all have life is a gift, right? Breathing is a gift. So that's my way of being grateful for the ability, but yeah, it's like this turned on and then he's like, oh, I want to turn it off. And it wasn't until he came to terms that that was part of his identity. Then he went, oh, okay, I can have healthy boundaries. I can decide when I'm working. I can decide when it's 
okay to connect. And to your point, Emily, where once you establish healthy boundaries, it's even more apparent when someone's breaking that rule that you have, or it's not a delight. It's not someone with good intent. And I just speak as if they're here because that's how it feels, right? Like it is, Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, I think that's the part that I do get a lot of people that ask me, you know, how can you help me to stop, you know, this from being out of control or I'm afraid because it's always on. And I tell them, if you're going to be a medium or if you're really going to develop this and want to do this as part of your life work, well, are you always going to be working? Do you 24 hours want to be working? If you want to, sure, that's fine. I choose not to. So I choose when I want, you know, and of course I have a caveat in, in my soul <laughs> that if someone really needs healing and they're in front of me and I can be a yeah. support, then it's okay. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. So many things. So I think this is one of the people's biggest fears and curiosities and misconceptions. It's like all into one, that light switch moment, right? Because people do have that. They do have the, okay, all of a sudden, and then I think that's scary for a lot of people. And then there's that curiosity of like, okay, well, now that I have this gift ability, and I understand the gift thing, you know, gifts are given and they're taken away. I do believe source removes people's abilities layer by layer if they aren't using them in integrity. And then people find other ways to continue those abilities, which are not of the light. (laughs) Doing energy work that's of the light, you're just stripping away your ego. Like just like little by little, day by day, lifetime by lifetime. So what would you say to someone who's in this position where they say, okay, I know I'm sensitive. I know I'm empathic. I know I'm intuitive. I'm scared, Maria. (laughs) I'm going to go from zero to a hundred. How do I turn the knob and the dial back and forth for how I feel ready? Yeah. Loaded question. Oh, wow. Okay. Thanks. (laughs) I know. I know. Don't worry. I'm (laughs) I'm just kidding. I know. I know. I had a triple check on this one because each one of us has such a unique imprint. And so I want to be really careful of how I respond by I, I mean, we collectively getting a response right now. The fear is really the issue there. It has nothing to do with the ability to connect. It's what you're afraid of is really the issue. So fear of self, fear of power, our own power, our own light, fear of being more highly aware and evolved. The reality is the fear mechanism that's there is really where the healing is needed. It's not the controlling the turning on, turning off and the, you know, whatever spectrum, it goes back to why am I afraid? And that's the healing work that needs to happen, whether it's within, you know, someone else that can hold space for you or doing it with yourself. But really, that's the work It's what, what, what am I afraid of truly? Because it isn't connecting with source, with spirit, with loved ones in spirit, with healed ancestors, right? It's, it's really not that if you think about it, it's what am I afraid of? What does that mean about me? What does that say about me? And again, it goes a lot of that fear goes back to ego and what we see out there. I think that when people say, oh, you're so warm and, you know, welcoming and you're so non-judgmental. I hear that a lot in these groups and I'm not saying it to brag. I'm gonna tell you why. It's because one of my biggest lessons in life was judgment. I was very judgmental through my twenties. I would say 
I saw a lot of mayors, a lot of people around me, judgment held power. So what happens when these things got turned on for me even bigger, going from you know childhood, skipping teenage, going into 20s and 30s, all of a sudden, that fear that would turn on for me specifically, and again, we're all different, it was the fear of being seen. You're going to see the whole me if I show up with what I'm capable of. And therefore, you're going to judge me as being weird. I felt a lot of things, right? So it was all of that that I had to actually work on to fully step into my ability and be comfortable and not afraid. Huge, huge. I mean, it took years, right? And I'm still, I can't even say it's right. It's going to keep going. And I hope so. I hope that totally. You know, that's, that's my dream that I'm able to keep evolving. But I, I really think that's what came through is that it's actually working on the fear that is behind that hesitance to control because if we're trying to control, why are we trying to control? So that's, that's actually the, the answer there that we have to seek. It's so beautifully said, so beautifully said, Oh, going through all of the layers of that myself, I look back and I'm like, wow, you know, day by day, week by week, month by month. It's like, we all are on this path of just delayering, delayering, delayering. And how would, okay, so let me see, how do I frame this question? That was so beautifully stated. Thank you. And what I'm feeling is how speaking for myself through that own process, I just kept leaning back into what I call my light, which is a broad stroke term for people's connection to whoever their divine source and spirit theme and all or whatever they call it is. Um, I really, for me, the nuance, like it was like the teachings came through and nuances and knowings. It was so small. And then, you know, you mentioned, I think the term you said was like soul contract or like, or like, I remember, I forget what you called it, but my guides will come through and say, oh, uh, no, they do not come through and say, it's like, I just have this knowing of, oh, this is how my energy works. And it takes time, right? Like, it's not like, okay, write this down, Emily. It's like, it's just sort of like, they just keep hitting you with it until one day you're like, oh, yeah, it's like soul assignments. I think, um, I don't like contract because. I can still choose (laughs) to show up and do it or not, but it's almost like my soul made some sort of agreement and arriving, right. To say, this is going to be part of my identity, or this is part of how I'm going to, you know, I always joke about that. It's like my physical identity, better, worse. Yeah. My soul chose that. And the same thing for um, the work in spirituality for me is that as much as I could be kicking and screaming, I ended up here. So funny. And now I love it. Of course. (laughs) Of course course we do. Okay. So I'm feeling the energy to wrap up. I'm sure this will not be the last conversation we have together about this. There's so much, I mean, I, I wouldn't even see a tip of the iceberg here. It's like, I feel like we see the ice, you know, it's like, or we know we're going to the iceberg. I'm going to close out with how can people work with you? What recommendations do you have for people who want to develop mediumship? That may be two different answers. Um, Do we want to do a singular reading today, session for anyone? So do you want me to answer the other things first? Sure. Um, So it's really 
Interesting. When we got to that question and we started talking about the fear and all of that, there was some support coming in. And so loved ones were wanting to jump in and kind of cheerlead a few people on. So I'm glad that you're opening it up for that. Yeah. I didn't ask you that part ahead of time. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. It's bound to happen. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So which one do you want to do first? Yeah. We might want to do the connection first, just because it's so present. So what I do, especially when it's a group like this, I want to make sure that I'm really thoughtful of any information, you know, because not everyone's comfortable with getting a reading in the group setting, wants to be more private. So I'm just going to extend a couple of messages that are coming through. You'll know specifically if it's for you because they might say something that will help. Anyway, they're just like, stop talking. (laughs) Okay. If I had a dollar for every time I heard that from <laughs> like shut up the <laughs> <It> work. <laughs> so I'm going to ask everyone there's a couple of you that are a little bit anxious, a little bit nervous about the possibility that it might be you and it could be good or bad, right? That you, this anxiety or nervousness. So I just want you to take a nice deep breath. Knowing that when I set the intention to work in this way that I'm connecting to make sure that anything that comes forward it's through the lens of healing. It's through the lens of support. It's through the lens of love and compassion. And then I simply allow myself to arrive fully, be really present in this space for all of you, with you. And then just asking that if there is a connection that needs to be a priority, in this time together, so we have a brief time together. If there is a priority message or connection as it gets closer to me, and I'm saying this all out loud because I know this is more of a learning space. So normally I wouldn't say it all out loud. So I'm trying to do both at the same time. There's someone um, in this space. And again, I won't call out specifically, but there's just a lot of heaviness that's been going on, a lot of grief. I know that sounds like a generalized thing, but with This person specifically has been dealing with a lot of loss and really losing the the faith in knowing that there is that connection. They're saying it's the life beyond here. And they're coming forward, actually. So if we do get specific to that individual, I'm also happy to take this offline. But they're saying, you know, so I'm just going to get out of my way a little bit more. And this is a male coming forward for a female and I'm just sorry if you don't identify as that, but that's how it's coming through. I feel like it's it's a father uh, or father figure or an actual father presence, fatherly, I'll say. But they're coming through really to their energy feels a little bit stern. They're a little bit stoic. They weren't very loving or affectionate in their human form, but they're really learning. They're wanting you to know that they're learning so much on the other side. They're learning how not it's it is it is someone that would wrap their arms around you but not speak that they would feel they couldn't say i love you they couldn't say i you know that give that nurturing in a physical way here and you're just feeling you know that are are they really there what happens when we die like do we just bleep go away and part of your spiritual inner work that you're doing in this group and other groups is that you're trying to reconnect to understand or believe that there is a connection beyond whether we know what it is, how, you know, we won't know for sure until each of us dies. Right. But they're saying 
believe it or not, doesn't matter. I just want you to know that I am healing. I continue to heal and you'll be able to heal with me when we meet again. He's wanting to own up to you feeling neglected. Um, you feeling like he wasn't really there and seeing you and apologizing for that. And also saying, but I can't go back right now. So I'm going to try to do the, the work here as much as possible. And when you're ready, I know that we're going to be connected again in some way. Um, they're mentioning an activity, like a physical activity, running or cycling, that when you're in that space, you're actually really connected to him. There's some kind of bond there. Yeah, I'm getting like tinglys all over. Like, yeah, running or cycling or something. It just I just show like forward motion really fast. So I don't know what that is sometimes. But um but when you're in that space, you actually feel this freedom and this ability to connect with spirit in a big way. And he's saying that there are times where you actually feel him present or closer. And he's saying, don't be afraid to talk to me. Like I said, I'm healing. I'm doing better. I will try to be better and hoping that you can feel my love even if it's unspoken. That was the priority message that needed to come through. Again, I didn't want to put anyone on the spot, but if someone, if that resonated for you, you can get a hold of me through Emily um, or at Instagram and, you know, no charge or anything. Like I would just want to make sure that if you had any questions or wanted to connect um, with your loved one, I'm happy to hold space for that. Thank you for that. Is there anything else coming forward? Do we want to see if there's a volunteer? What would feel in flow? What I was getting right now, I mean, that was the connection that really felt strong. Yeah. Uh, what I was getting is someone's in the group that's actually already a medium and kind of tingly in the belly of just the idea of like, oh my gosh, like, am I really a medium? Um, but anyway, I keep feeling it. So if <laughs> I'm not putting anyone on the spot, but you know, if, if you want to ask a question, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to like, I feel like I've been talking so much <laughs> and it, you're great. Okay. okay. Every, everyone is in different um, places, right? So, and the questions you have, I guarantee you most other people have. So really appreciate the participation. Okay. And it's also okay. If you just need to be a fly on the wall, sometimes whatever oh. you're I just really connected to what you just said, because I always feel in my stomach, in my, I guess it would be my sacral, if you're talking about chakras, that's where I feel everything. So, and I feel like I've been, I feel like I'm supposed to do something, but I'm not sure if that's because all of this is happening to me. And so it feels like it's new, so it should have a purpose, but I do feel like I'm like, I feel like I'm like, I'm supposed to do something with it. So I don't know what made me want to say something when you said that, but. So I can tell you that as soon as you started talking about that, you have some healed ancestors that came in right behind you. The encouragement you've probably been feeling, they're saying you do feel them a lot to the point where you kind of look backwards sometimes or behind you sometimes. Oh. Yeah. And they're just encouraging you that you're going to, there's, there's a part in your path right now, which can get a little bit confusing. And I, I totally can relate to this a bit, but, um, is 
what is me just being open, expanded and intuitive? And then what is me connecting with someone specifically? And there's some work there to develop. And so so whoever this is are really funny. So it's it's like a grandmother e feeling, um, super funny. And she's just like, it's almost like slapping your back. And it's like, do you literally have to have your back slapped? Um, I would say your butt, but she's kind of being, you know, coy. And so she's just like, we were not built for being quiet and shy. Like she wants you to get out there and to really flourish. And for you, that means um, don't be so hard on yourself. She's saying just you, you already know, you already know. I don't know why I'm talking like that, but that's kind of how it's coming through. So <laughs> just letting you know. You there. sound like my grandma Minnie right now. You sound like my grandma Minnie. And it's funny because every single person I've ever talked to who has any kind of mediumship has always said, there's a strong grandmother figure around you. And I'm just, it's funny because I look exactly like her too. And I feel like we weren't so close when she was here, but then I realized that we're all just souls that have been, you know, we have so much packed on us. And then when we pass on, it's like, we're, we're our pure like self. So anyway, thank you. You're welcome. And you got a little bit of kind of what I was saying that we all have our different ways of doing this work. For me, it's the personality really comes through really strong, the voice, the mannerisms. I could have taken it a step further. I still get, I feel a little silly sometimes, but that's when if I'm in a one-on-one -on -one session, I have to work to just let go. And so in this case, when I was saying about like the slap, I mean, literally, right? So, <laughs> so I'm actually thanking her for allowing me to connect. And also, you know, like earlier, the spirit that came forward, I always thank at the end, but with her specifically, she was actually challenging me to do like show and tell it's like show them show them you've been talking about it so her personality is really really strong and really lovely because she's just kind of uh so earlier now it makes sense we have a few cheerleader loved ones that came in but she's definitely yours and i will say this in every session you're not alone when they come forward like this is to remind you that we're part of all of the things right and so but this one particular aspect for you is going to be really important. Whether you choose to practice as a medium or not is irrelevant. It's more about turning up, like earlier we're talking about, you know, the volume control, but not being afraid to turn it up a bit. And that's because you are connecting with good intention. Um, if you say you want to connect with your um, healed ancestors, it's okay to do that. Again, if you're feeling that you're safe and comfortable to do so, it's always going back to your intention. She's making a commitment that when she comes through, that she'll make it a little bit more louder, more obvious for you. And she's saying, we're going to have the talks that we should have had all along. So I'm going to close with that. Thank you. And I, I think that I was going to say something, but it's gone now, but just like, I'm so happy that we have this group. I know I said that already, but I'm just so happy we have it. And thank you. You've been amazing. Like you're so beautiful. And like, I've just, I think everyone probably feels the same that you're just like a light. So. Thank you. I, see, I feel the same way. I'm very, very appreciative for being here today. This is the group I wish I had when I was, I don't even know if it was eight, 10, 15 years ago. I really don't know. In fact, kind of a funny story.
but Maria and I met in an energy type of class and we became acquaintances and, and we were like, hey, we were like practically whispering to each other, do you want to go talk about this stuff? Not joking. It was practically like that. And then we're like, sure, don't tell anyone. You know, like, I don't think I told anyone in my life, like, I'm going to go meet this person that I met in an energy class. And then how the story goes, I'll let Maria finish. You mean the part where, yeah, I, I don't know who it was, you or me first that said, do you see ghosts? <laughs> And what was funny is we were so shy to talk about these topics. We had gone to a Starbucks in the greater Seattle area and we were like leaning in close to each other. And it was that question. It was like, me too. Oh my God, I feel so seen. And we were so, I was, I shouldn't speak for you. I was so nervous that people were going to overhear us. Mm -hmm. And then people start gathering. We were sitting in this open lobby and people start gathering and you know how it's like a you just kind of don't notice what's going on around you next thing i know there's like people are practically bumping into us while we're sitting on the seated on this couch facing each other and then of course i'm like oh gosh now all these people are gonna nobody cared nobody cared but in my mind all these people are gonna hear that we're talking about ghosts ah fast forward now when we have these conversations or we you know pre-pandemic we're like out in public we're like i guess they were meant to hear that <laughs> The things people have heard. It's scary. It is scary. <laughs> now I just don't even care. I'm like, oh yeah, we're just gonna talk about this now. Also, what was funny is that the group that gathered in that lobby was an English as a second language group. So they, you know, the irony of the universe on me, on us that night. And also I do want to honor the fact you had mentioned something earlier, Nicole, about how, you know, it's like, what what do you do? Where do you go with this, right? And no one can answer that for you. But I also know what it's like to be in that place where you're like, oh, okay, I have this curiosity, I have this energy, like which direction do I take it? And this is where the curiosity and the experience and the loving, the journey comes through where it's like one step at a time, I'm gonna try this over here. I'm gonna try this over here. This is why I talk about our need for multiple practitioners because you can see how nuanced it is. I mean, oh my gosh, we've barely scratched the surface on mediumship alone. So it's a fun place to explore. And I would love for you to come back one day and share your experience with us. And that's an open invitation for anyone on this call or who listens to this later on the podcast, because really this is, you know, the beauty of sharing. We need more than ever. And I know Maria agrees with this is we need each other's stories as medicine, like that is the future <laughs> that we're bringing into present. Did anyone else want to share anything? I was just going to say something real quick. Thank you so much, Maria, for doing this. It was very, it was very interesting because I like the part where you said about having the fear of showing yourself because I'm very interested in this. And my, I lost my father in 2015. I lost my brother in 2020. And it's just been my mom. So there's just a lot that I would love to know more about going through this spiritual awakening of what's on. They're on the other side. How can I, I can still talk to them. So thank you for what you shared because it was, it was very helpful. Thank you. And I'm sorry for your loss. I guess I had a question if I can still ask one. So I've been getting into meditating and trying to work with my energy 
pretty recently. And as I've been getting into my meditative states, like my whole body will just like tingle and feel light and like fluffy almost. And then I have aphantasia, so I can't generally visualize things. I know I have a vast imagination somewhere, not my head though. And so, but as of recently, when I do these meditations, I get like, like a spiraling rainbow into like my third eye. And I feel like someone's trying to talk to me, but I can't hear anything. It's just a lot of pressure around my head. And I was just wondering if there's any advice on this. Um, Emily, I don't know if you want to go first because of the angle around energy, and then I'm happy to support. Yeah. So first of all, spirit's taking me to your heart and they're just saying beautiful way to guide yourself here. And they're actually taking this acknowledgement. Like, do you realize how you brought yourself to this beautiful place? Sometimes, and I do this myself, we don't stop to really acknowledge just how far we've brought ourselves and what we've brought ourselves through and to. And they're they're kind of joking they go we never really want to look for the promised land we want to cultivate the promised land within us right so they're kind of like cutting me off at this point so amazing they're just acknowledging what an amazing job you've done and are doing right and then it's that just don't doubt yourself trust more to come they say if you can just give it a little bit more space and then remember we get to interact with spirit. We get to interact with source. So you can ask questions. Hey, what's, tell me more. What's this more about? Show me more. I'm ready for more. Give me one degree more. Give me 10 degrees more. You get to ask it in your own way. The piece that I'll add is around the embodiment of energy. So embodiment of messages, embodiment of spirit. So I do like that you asked this question because the visual representations, that's kind of like the add-on creative aspect, but um, some of us, the feelings in our bodies need to be acknowledged in order to shift energy. So you might not see in the same way or perceive as someone else. And so when your body's talking to you, it's going to be really important. Even if you don't understand the why, necessarily behind it, right? I think that's where the curiosity comes in that Emily's talking about. You could ask, explore, ask more questions, but they're saying it's going to become like a roadmap for you. Oh, when I feel tinglies in this part of my body, or when I feel heaviness in this part, um, it's almost like I always think of the, the maps and the legend. And then for you, uh, really pay attention to your body being in circle this way. For example, you know, it does expand us more. All of us are holding space for each other, whether, you know, consciously or subconsciously, because we arrived and we're here with some kind of purpose together. And so sometimes that even gets more heightened. So why not ask, hey, I really want to be present and embodying whatever messages are arriving, whatever spirit connection I'm making. So being that a little bit more um, forthcoming, it's like, don't be shy about your own experience. <laughs> it's like, oh, if I, if I feel it, Ooh, I want to feel it louder so that I can really know what's going on. And when you're around other people, healthy boundaries are going to be important because you might pick up on something and go, Oof, I feel that in my body. Do I really want to carry it the rest of the day? Probably not. It's not healthy as mediums that happens too. 
if so, you know, sometimes you get medical <laughs> intuition when you're in a medium session or loved ones in spirit will go boom, 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 here, 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 their shoulder, they're not taking care of it, right? So all of these things for you, we're physical beings, we don't all use it in the same way. So for you specifically, they're just saying, there's nothing wrong if your messages come through embodiment. It's actually super cool. And a lot of what we're returning to are ancestral ways. And that is one of the ancestral ways. It's been practiced many, many forms. And a lot of times I would hear, oh, that's the old way. We've evolved. We don't need to feel it. And so a lot of people get embarrassed or they close it off. But maybe that's just the way for you. Um, they're they're wanting to say that out loud because it does isn't it's not just you, right? There's a lot of people out there, but specifically for you. Um, yeah, like they're saying it's like let it blossom and let it be part of your your abilities. And enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. Soothing energies are coming through us as we close out. From my heart, thank you all so much for participating in whatever way you participated during our time together. Maria, how can people work with you? Where can they find you? What resources do you recommend, if any? Yeah, so either lightowlhealing.com or at Maria Lightowl. I'm mostly doing virtual sessions right now. And your last question was resources. That's a tough one for me because I believe we're guided to the teachers, to the resources. I'm trying to think of what I what I've in general let people know around this. Oh, I guess honestly, no one wants to hear this, but it's true for mediumship, meditation. Meditation is hands down key. And it's not the I'm not talking about expanding your energy meditation that you could do for five minutes. If you really are going to do this work, you're meditating for longer lengths of time because you're learning how to be in that altered state for longer. You're learning how to open your energy a bit more. You're learning how to raise your vibration. So that's what I would recommend, honestly, as a resource is yourself, but um, learning different ways that you can deepen your meditation if this is something that you really want to you know, maybe explore a bit more. I got the exact same message. <laughs> My message was not as superfluous, <laughs> but I'll tell you that's if they're like, this is the trick to energy work, meditate, spend time with it. Intuition, mediumship. Yeah. Or whatever you, you know, Hey, show me what's new. Show me what I'm bringing in from other lifetimes. All of it. It's yeah. <laughs> and in nature, I mean, a hundred times better if you can yeah. Because nature is the biggest teacher, every, every aspect of nature, but yeah, that just allows us to really connect with the purest life force that's on this earth is nature. So if you can do that even better, but not necessary. Nature is source in action. Mm -hmm. Just like you. <laughs> all right. Thank you all so, so much again for being here today, participating and Maria, I look forward to co-creating with you again in many different forms. Same. Thanks, everybody.
Thank you for being a part of today's special episode. If you are interested in joining the Inner Light Circle community, you can find more information on my website at emilymarie.com. As always, if you have any questions, you can find me connect at emilymarie.com. Take care.